0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ My dear brothers and sisters in Christ the Word of God for our meditation this morning is from Psalm 119 beginning at verse 129 Your statutes are wonderful therefore I obey them the unfolding of your words gives light it gives understanding to the simple I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tear flow from my eyes. For your law is not obeyed this is the word of the Lord you may already know a few things about Psalm 119 you might know that due to its 176 verse length it is the longest Psalm in the Bible it also happens to be the longest chapter of the Bible Psalm 119 is divided into 22 equal stanzas each one eight verses long and each of those eight verses in each stanza begins in the Hebrew text with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet and then marches through the alphabet so the first eight verses begin with I'll say A and the next eight verses begin with B the next eight with Gimel, which is our G but it's the Hebrew alphabet in the correct order all the way through the psalm And you might also possibly know that uh, uh, there are at least eight different words that are used throughout the psalm as synonyms for the word of God. What you might not know uh, uh, is that a careful reading of the psalm will reveal some things about the author. Not his name, but some things about him uh, in an earlier stanza than the one we're reading uh, this morning. We learned that when he was a younger man he was he's actually pretty hard on himself he was virtually an unbeliever or maybe uh, maybe we would say putting the best construction on everything not the most devout believer but then something happened there was a disaster that he talks about uh, uh, a dreadful thing happened to him and we learned that that acted uh, to turn him in repentance back to God and that after he returned to God He became as he shows all throughout this psalm Fiercely devoted to God and to God's Word This is a man who might have been a Levite or a priest, but not necessarily He could have been virtually any Israelite There's nothing that dictates whether or not he was this or that kind of an individual could have been one of the kings could have been one of the prophets even and i'll I'll admit that when i read uh this psalm i have a tendency to think of a certain prophet who kind of ran away from god then suffered a terrible dreadful disaster and then was turned back to god and became fiercely dedicated to the word of god but uh whether whether it was jonah or or somebody else i can't possibly say But I think it's clear to everybody who reads the 119th Psalm that the author is concerned about the Word of God. He grieves over sin, both his own sin and the sins of the people around him. And as he lives his life of faith, he is all too aware of his own shortcomings. He constantly turns to the Word of God for correction, for instruction, for guidance, for understanding. This is the life of the believer. This is the life of the Christian. As the New Testament sometimes says, this is the life of sanctification. And before we talk about sanctification, and we're going to talk about sanctification, we should also talk about the other doctrine of justification that comes first. Because justification is the Bible's teaching that we are rescued from all of our sins by the grace of God alone by the blood of Jesus Christ alone not because of anything that we have done or think or do or might potentially do but simply because God had mercy on us because of Jesus the guilt and the shame and the eternal consequences of our sin is removed forever, set aside as if it has been hurled into the heart of the sun and burned away forever and ever. Because of Jesus, we have a place with God in heaven. But in the meantime, our psalm reminds us that we have a life to live, our life of sanctification, which is thanking God for everything that he did for us. And in our life of sanctification, we thank God day by day by day. And our psalm writer begins by calling God's statutes, Pella, wonderful. Well, before I explain what wonderful might mean, uh, maybe we should define the word statute. I, I, I will define the word statute by saying that it is a published legal regulation uh, something that is permanent and that everybody should know about Uh, in these days of COVID-19 restrictions and guidelines those are God willing temporary restrictions but we're talking about statutes and we're talking about things more like which side of the road do we drive on what does a stop sign mean uh, uh, what does a, a building inspector look for when he goes throughout a building? Those are statutes, as the Bible describes them. Statutes include also all the civil laws in Israel, laws about how you should handle and care for your animals, and, and how to sell build, uh, how to sell property, and and uh, and the rate of exchange uh, when you borrow money, things like that. But the word statutes also applies to the rules of the tabernacle and i find it useful at a moment like this to with my imagination put myself into the sandals of a worshiper going to the tabernacle uh, so you're you you've got a rope and attached to the other end is a goat <laughs> right and your walk that's supposed to be a goat thank you Brexton. and uh, and you're and you're and you're coming up and you're wondering what should I do because uh, you maybe you've never done this before or, or and, and you've heard that God punishes severely sacrifices that are not given the correct way so you're hoping you will find out what's the order of things who do I take it to what day do I go what day don't I go and who has to do what Really? I have to do all that? The priest is going to just throw the blood? Okay, well, all right. So you have to do everything else, and you're going to be just running with sweat by the time this sacrifice ends, in about two and a half hours for a goat, about six hours for a bull. And and that's what it's going to take for you. But now you're glad of God's precepts, and therefore, our psalm writer says, therefore, I obey them. But he continues by saying that as God's word unfolds, I love that expression in our text, as God's word unfolds, it gives light and understanding. And so now let's go back to our life of sanctification. Sanctification from our standpoint, how we say thank you to God by living, is how every day the Christian who has already been declared not guilty and justified, but the Christian now lays aside uh, the sinful nature which which still clings to us and day by day we are renewed living for god in in hopefully increasing holiness and righteousness our poet says i open my mouth and pant longing for your commands turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name He realizes, even as we do, that although we are forgiven and we are saved, we still live in a sinful state. We still commit sins, but we can be comforted that God looks at our sins differently than he looks at the sins of an unbeliever. The Bible makes a distinction between the believer who simply has sin, as in 1 John 1-8, and the unbeliever who constantly lives in a state of doing nothing but committing sin after sin as in 1 John 3 9 Christians do not permit sin to rule over them but each of us resists sin and yes this might look different from one Christian to another uh, my resistance may be different maybe maybe not as good as yours in some people's minds or maybe uh, one Christian's resistance to sin might be different from one day or one hour to the next. But whether your resistance is uh, a little twinge, a pang of feeling guilty, or it's an all-out tug of war against the devil over that temptation, whatever your resistance is, that's God's will working in your life. The Holy Spirit works in us to fight against the sins in our flesh and the sins and temptations that surround us we want to live for jesus and so god lovingly forgives and forgives and forgives we ask for his mercy and god looks at us and smiles and says i already have had mercy on you another important point of sanctification is that The Holy Spirit works sanctification in us Christians by the means of grace. And the means of grace are the gospel in the word and in the sacraments. He does this in such a way that as far as our struggle against sin and our life of showing our faith and our thanks to Jesus, we actually do something that we cannot do with regard to our justification. In justification, the Christian is only, or I should say the sinner, is only passive. We only receive what God gives, as if God saves us by whipping a snowball at us. You just receive that. In sanctification, we participate. Having already been forgiven, with the Holy Spirit now working in us, we cooperate in our sanctification. God forgave us for the sake of Jesus, but he guides our steps, and we take those steps hand in hand with the Holy Spirit, and so we cooperated our sanctified living, saying, this is how I will give thanks today, and he might give us another path tomorrow, or two equally good paths to take, and we can choose which one I will take. For example, about baptism, Paul says in Titus 3, it is the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. That renewal, the second part of it, is that daily sanctification. Or with regard to the Lord's Supper, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 that the act of practicing fellowship in the Lord's Supper, as we do, is a result of our love for Jesus, a result of our faith. As, and Paul says, I do not want you to be uh, uh, participants with demons You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons, too. You cannot have a part in the Lord's table and a part in any other table. And so the desire we have to take the Lord's Supper and to practice that fellowship that he coaches us in is a way of showing how, responding to our forgiveness, we want to thank Jesus and receive his forgiveness again and again. God working in us, yet the forgiveness he gives is entirely his doing. Two important means of furthering our sanctification are prayer and the cross. And I hope you understand how prayer works. I don't have time to go into prayer today, but with regard to the cross, we're talking about the cross that each of us carries. The cross of... Our burden as Christians, because we are Christians. However, that goes with each and every one of us, it might be heavier for some than for others. But whatever suffering and sorrow the Christian carries because we confess Christ, our psalm writer says, Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may obey your precepts. This oppression that our poet feels is something in his life that he talks about throughout the entire psalm. Oppression and scorn, ridicule, even accusations he feels from other people because he is so dedicated to God and to the word of God. He faces taunting and persecution on every side. And maybe to an extent you feel that in your life too. Maybe there is somebody at work who is not a Christian or not as devout a Christian who wants to kind of play around and mock at God and at your faith and tries to get you kind of around to their side of things to even mock your own faith think about what you're doing if we fall into that kind of a temptation or maybe there's a family member who is actually opposed to your Christianity a family member that you love and you respect and and yet there's this shattering Problem between you because of their opposition to faith, and and naturally you and I are of two minds uh, about those kind of attacks from people that we love. On the one hand, we want to defend and preserve our faith and the faith of other people, and we want very much to stand up for Jesus. But on the other hand, we also grieve and worry about the souls of of people that we love and and, and respect souls that are in danger of of being lost to unbelief and our psalm writer ends our stanza by saying streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed we want god's word to reign supreme in our lives but we also want that word to do its miraculous work that God promises us that it can do, to convert the unbelieving, to reach out and and to call back the wandering to faith in him once again. Finally, our psalm writer reaches back even further into the Old Testament to some of the earliest things written in the Bible. This is going back to Moses. When God told Aaron's brother, or rather, Moses' brother, Aaron, uh, how it was that he should bless the people uh, to give the benediction. God told Aaron, put your hands on, on the people, hold them up, and say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face, will you say it with me? Make his face shine on you. And that's what our poet picks up on, those words, when he says, in verse 135 make your face shine upon your servant when we think of the Lord's face shining on us we think about God accepting us through forgiveness for Christ's sake even though we are sinful we think of the peace that an unbeliever cannot know the peace of being right with God and this blessing shines on us even in our darkest moments as uh, when, for example, God enabled Job the patriarch to say, The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. All of this is possible only because our God is merciful. You and I have sinful thoughts, sinful impulses. We, we think of it as gut instinct, and, but if it doesn't line up with God's will, it's a sin. We have sinful thoughts, words, and actions, but God forgives them for Jesus' sake. All of this covered by the blood of Jesus for his sake. His atoning sacrifice frees us from the guilt of all of our sins and permits us to live lives that actually please God. Sinner though I am, God is pleased with me for Jesus' sake. Even though we stumble and fall along the way, this is the life of sanctification. This is our response to God, giving him a thank you with, what, 50, 60, 80 years of life made possible by God working in us. As you read the Psalms and this longest of the Psalms, remember your place in God's kingdom. Remember, you have a place. In God's kingdom, he chose you to be his own. Don't be afraid to shed a tear over sin, yours or somebody else's. And don't be too timid or too proud to ask for God's help when you're fighting a temptation that, wow, today, Lord, it's just a doozy. But ask for his help. Never stop praying, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me that's his will for you our god is merciful ask him for his help and the peace of god that transcends our understanding guards our hearts and our minds in christ jesus please stand as we join together in confessing our christian faith with the words of the apostles creed